The Chaotic Goodness Podcast contains adult language, adult situations, adult topics, and is run by childish adults. Listener discretion is advised. Motherfucker. You're listening to the Chaotic Goodness Podcast, an actual play RPG podcast starring Steve as the half-elven sorcerer Zacharias and James as the elven assassin Shendrick. I am Chad and I'm the Dungeon Master. Dungeons and Dragons and Eberron are owned by Wizards of the Coast and are not affiliated with this podcast. Let the chaos begin. When we open, uh, the, the the camera opens up on this scene where uh, Zechariah, Zacharias, 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 the Zacharias, could you please give us a description and tell us what the fuck you are? Zacharias is a half elf sorcerer with a storm soul. He wears um, well made. Uh, trousers, a long sleeve shirt with a coat over it. He has blonde brown hair and electric white eyes. He is a half elf, about five and a half feet tall and slender built. Okay. And Zacharias is just standing there. Like where we, where we pick up is you are standing at the very top of a tall tower, like there is a, a circular like walkway. Maybe it's a castle. Maybe it's, it, it's something else, but it's way high up in the sky. And you're standing there with uh, a crewmate of yours uh, who is he's like a, like a cabin boy, like a goblin, just kind of like standing there holding your stuff. And, and you two are waiting for somebody and it's been a bit of time and your, your goblin crewmate, he rolls up his sleeve and looks at like the, the third watch that's on his wrist and says, captain, I, I don't think he's coming. We continue to wait. He'll show. Well, how much longer do we need to wait? I mean, we have to, you know, we have to uh, get get paid for the job. Well, we don't get paid till he till he arrives, and he hasn't failed us yet. He'll be here. You think he turned on us? No. You hesitated. I, I mean, I had to think about everything I know about uh, about him, and he wouldn't have turned on us. 
Okay, you say so. You're the captain. At this point, uh, you're interrupted by a very loud noise coming from inside the tower. And at this point, you see the the crewmate that you were waiting for. Uh, James, would you like to give us a description of your character? Well, yeah, it's my name's. I'm playing a elf, high elf Shenrik. He's a uh, by class an assassin, but right now he's super hidey and sneaky. Um, it's about five 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 four on the sh- kind of on the shorter end. Sandy, sandy blonde hair, um, deep green eyes. Uh, also slender built because you know elf. So, but very unassuming. Uh, you he would look just as normal in a bar as he would in a fair, as he would you know shouting out in front of his market stall in the market day. You know right. what I mean? And, and what is he currently wearing? Well. Um, that would really depend if I'm assuming that's me running from the tower. Yeah, what I was you're, doing. You're, you're doing a job. Okay. I would be wearing and in disguise as something that would fit in with the uh, people of the castle. Okay. All right. So. And at this point, what, what's so disturbing and what catches your attention is not the fact that Shendrick is, is running out of the castle towards you. It's the fact that he's being followed by a large number of somethings. <laughs> James, what are you being chased by? So there's a bunch of like, just they look like tiny crabs almost. They're just small. And there's like 13 of them skittering behind me. Just all over one another chasing me. They're very tiny. They're about, you know, a foot by a foot. They're, they're, they're regular they're, crab size. Yes. But the, the, the skittering on the stone is ear piercing. Clockwork mechanical crabs. Yeah. Okay. So at this they point, you see like, they look angry. there's like a whole bunch of angry looking clockwork mechanical crabs chasing Shendrick. And as he's running out, he's like waving his arms. He's like, run, just run, go. What do you do? Wait for him to run past me. Okay. Gust of wind. Okay. And then yeet myself 10 feet in the direction uh Shenrik is also running and then start moving along with him. So you cast Gust of Wind at these clockwork things. Is there anything that you need to roll for that? Uh, Gust of Wind. Roll, bitch. Get out the way. (laughs) A line of strong wind, 60 feet long, 10 feet wide, blasts from you in a direction I choose, blah, 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 for up to one minute based on concentration. Each creature that starts its turn in the line must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 15 feet away from me in a direction of following the line. Saving throw DC is 14. I'm just rolling one die for all of them. So you actually manage to hinder their progress and blast them off the side. Uh, you were still running uh, Shendrick. Shen- Shenrick? Or- Shenrick. No Shenrick. Okay. Shenrick. Oh, that's going to take some getting used to. So, Shenrik, you were running off the edge, and you were were going to leap off the side because you knew it was safe. Why is it safe? Because we had previously stolen a little, like, sky skiff, mm-hmm. and it is waiting right there over the edge for us. Okay. So, you, you leap onto the sky skiff, and I guess you're waiting for the, the captain and your goblin crewmate. Yavol. Okay. All right. So you do gust of wind and, and you guys jump on to the uh, sky skiff and sail off. We quote unquote yeet the fuck out. Yeah. Get the hell. Uh, while you guys are, are going somewhere, uh, the, the goblin and what's the goblin's name? Sean. Sean, the goblin. He 
changed his name when he became part of our crew and wanted to feel more human because he is the only goblin on the ship. So, so he he wanted to have a more exotic human sounding name. Yes. in his mind, he picked it up. There's Sean. Another, there's actually two other Shans in the crew, um, but he spells his S H E A U N, so it's unique in his own right. Um, and he's very proud of that fact. He introduces himself. I'm Sean S H E A U N, because he just basically did an amalgamation of all the other Shans. But he's proud of it because he came up with it on his own. And you know what? Sean should be proud of that name. So, so he's like the Uber Sean. He's like an amalgamation of lesser Sean's. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's the Voltron of the Sean's. If they got smaller. Sean Yes. Sean Tron. This is, this is going to be a great campaign. I can feel it already. <laughs> so Sean, uh, well, first of all, who, who is flying the sky skiff? Not it. The air taxi. Wait, what skill does it take to fly the air taxi? Hey, this guy's skiff. The stolen property. I mean, I am the captain. Okay, so the captain. All right, captain, you're up. The, the captain is uh, flying. Uh, so while he's busy doing that, Sean, it, he he pokes you, uh, Shenrik, uh, while you're you know looking over the side and stuff. He's like, "Did you get it? Yeah. Show it. Show it to us. We need proof." And I pull up my, like, commoner vest and show it inside my little pocket there. What did you steal? Some kind of crystal encased in machinery. Okay. It's like a, a the crystal I have noticed while I was inside, it was pink. As soon as it came into sunlight, it was green. Sean is, he's suitably impressed and says, oh, looks like Captain, we're getting paid today. Of course. I'm the captain. Well, you didn't do anything. <laughs> I was going to say, I did all uh, the hard work. Uh, I arranged a job. I got us here. I got uh, Shenrik into position. And I scared away the, uh, the the clockwork crab things. I don't know what they were. They they I grabbed the thing and they chased me. But Shenrik broke into the vault and, and got past the, you know, okay, the sure. thing. He did the... the intermediate difficult part i'm not going to call it the easy part but it wasn't the hard part there there's there's literally two scales in this the talking part that you did and the hard work that i did that's literally it there's no intermediate scale he did all of the leg work and i did all of the face work and we're not going to say whose job was harder i'm going to punch you in the dick (laughs) no you're not (laughs) and now we're going to get paid, obviously. I don't know even why that was a question. Well, we have a really impressive captain. Sean, you've got some brown right here next to your nose and cheek. It's probably the shit that was on my face earlier. I wonder where you got it from. We all have our jobs. <laughs> Anyway, so you guys go flying back to home base and you are, this isn't, I mean, this obviously isn't the the vessel that belongs to you guys. Uh, Captain, why don't you describe your, your home base of operations, your main vehicle? Tell us its name and what it looks like. So our, our home base is a uh, three-masted galley style airship called the hollow legacy it um 
is an experimental model because it can convert between air and water modes for for blending in where magic is less acceptable. Okay. And there's... So the interesting thing about airships in Eberron is that normally only people who have the dragon mark of storms are able to pilot these things. But for some reason, you are able to do so. Why is that? I have a magical rapier. Uh, it's, it is, in fact, so obviously magical that nobody even questions it anymore. So you have a magical weapon that allows you to pilot the ship in lieu of a dragon. He's got to burn a cantrip a day. I've got to say. <laughs> he has to charge it every night. Vigorous rubbing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, James. Sorry, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. I'm helping. Just like Sean. Two hands are enough. Thank you. <laughs> it is It is also part of my everyday where I... Every... It is... It is on me at all times. All right. And so where did you dock the Hollow Legacy? Is in uh, C mode. Okay. And is docked out. Okay. So you're you're flying it while it is in its elemental galleon mode and you sail out onto the water and hop on to the Hollow Legacy and make your way to get paid. Yep. So in order to to get paid, you need to return this this clockwork uh, crystal thing to uh, to your contact in Sharn. The yes, the the mile high city or the city of towers, also as it's known. Uh, so you you can sail that way, or you can fly. Uh, sailing is a little less conspicuous. How much are we going to get paid for this job? Enough. Plenty. Because the the raw metals in this artifact alone are worth thousands of gold pieces. Don't worry. I'm just saying I know a guy. Yeah, we also know a guy. The guy who gave us the job to steal the thing. In fact, give me the thing. Here. And I'm going to go and put it in the lockbox in, in my captain's hey, quarters. Good idea. All right. Yeah. So you guys sail the ship down the Dagger River a ways to where Sharn is. So Sharn is located at the delta of the Dagger River, also known as the Hilt. You sail that way and there are sea docks. There's also an air dock here, but it's easier to. We're, we're going to use the sea dock yeah, good for idea. now. Okay. So you dock at the, the foot of sh the base of Sharn. Uh, where the, you know, about where the cogs are and stuff. And, and Sharn, you know, as you approach it, it's really hard to miss because the city is literally extremely high up in the sky and the towers themselves are, are, some are floating. They're just very, very tall towers because this area is coterminous with the, the plane of air. So it naturally makes things lighter. And it keeps the, the the tower standing. And so, you know, your contact is not, you know, not so high up in the city. It's more like in the mid uh, city area. 
And so it's it's really fairly simple for you guys to dock and kind of make your way up the sky lifts and the various ele- elevators and stairways to get to your contact. So obviously you two are going. Is there anybody else that you would bring with you when you go negotiate payment for it? Sean was here at the start. He should be here at the end. He worked really hard on that name. Let's let's reward him. Okay, we'll we'll bring Goblin Sean because we have to keep him distinct from Human Sean and Dwarf Sean. Shantron. 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 I I have designated Sean's new last name Tron. Shantron. It's Tion. Again, still have to keep him distinct from Human Sean and Dwarf Sean. Let's still question Dwarf Sean's loyalty. It has a U in it. It's Sean. Sean. Whatever. Sean. <laughs> um, and uh, the the Warforged guy. The we have a Warforged guy. Yeah, you yeah. have a you on your ship. You have a Warforged druid, <clears throat> and his name. Just 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 go with me on this. And so your Warforged Druid's name is Hutch. Alright, Starsky, listen up. Yeah, this is Hutch. Yeah. Starsky was destroyed in the war. We don't talk about it. <sighs> That's right, they're identical. Uh, I apologize, Hutch. I miss okay. my forge mate. So you're taking Sean, Sean, and Hutch. No, just Sean. Oh, just Sean. Just Sean. Just Sean and Sean Hutch. Tron and Hutch. Right. Sean Tron. Tron. Not oh. Hart, not Starsky. Just Hutch. Oh, okay. Starsky. Is well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're down. finally able to sort that out. So Goblin, Sean, and Hutch, right. plus uh, Shenrik and myself, right. of course. <laughs> so. So can I tell you a story about when I worked in Alaska? <coughs> sure, he's looking things up. All right, yeah. so so I worked in Alaska, and we had the airlines or the state. The state, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, in the middle of nowhere for a fishing lodge. Okay. One summer, and uh, fuck, seventeen goddamn years ago, and we had we had the cruise shack, which is where we all hung out, you know, away from guests. And so stuff. it was a little old place where you could get together. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it had it had a TV, a DVD player, and just tables, right? Okay. And I swear to God, that summer I watched Mr. Deeds every twice every week. So, so we watched Mr. Deeds a shit ton. And one week, one of the guides had a uh, had a father and son, and the son was like ten or eleven, and he. Went to get into a boat to go out on a fishing trip, and he slipped and just bam right into the boat. And everyone was like, "You okay?" And the kid's like, "My back hurts." And it was everything the guide could do to keep from busting out laughing. <laughs> so as you guys are making your way up to the upper parts of the city. Your contact, uh, the part the part of Sharn that he's waiting for you at is, it's called Middle Tavik's Landing. 
So Tavik's Landing is a part of the the, the middle part of the city where like, and when to- you say middle, you mean top to bottom, right? Yeah. Not yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like mid of the the city of towers and in the middle of that. So Tavix is denoted by tiers. Yes, He's absolutely. Class. Yeah, yeah. So this right. is like middle middle road kind of thing. Uh, so middle Tavix Landing is known for you know it's more welcoming to tourists, uh, foreign travelers. Uh, it's known for its host of lively taverns and excellent inns. Oh, lovely! Uh, one particular. Uh, landmark in Tavix Landing is the Cornerstone. It's a huge arena that hosts events ranging from circuses to aerial jousting. The Death's Gate District caters to adventurers, much as the Clifftop District of Upper Dura does. And this district has its own adventurers guild, just like Clifftop. But the, the guild here in Death's Gate has a darker reputation than the one. Did you say Death's Gate. Yeah, Death's Gate. That's the that's one of the districts in Tavix Landing. Okay. Right. Uh there's also the Greystone district here. It has deep roots in Carnathy culture, right? Which is the the country during the last war that turned to necromancy to supplement their armies. Carnath is also known for its strong beer and spicy sauce. So it's like if World War II Germany had turned to necromancy. There are two inns and taverns or tavern slash inns that are known for its uh carnathy fair that would be slogars and the bloody mug on the flip side i have a a uh background variant popular by demand i can always find a place to reform in exchange for room and board and i'm pretty sure that i can find much better than carnathy uh Right, especially in this district, you yeah. can you can Where's find that whole nine yards. Right, and so as you are, as you are traveling up through the the districts, uh, Zacharias, you are as you're walking, uh, you are approached by a an Asimar. and the, this Asimar, she's dressed in like various like like very light flowing robes uh like a like a, a crown with gems in it has like like religious iconography all over it and she tells you that she can promise to give you all the answers to all the problems that ever existed only for the low price of 42 gold galliflars and she's holding on to you and she's like holding her hand up to your face like pay me pay me i'm going to do the <laughs> mage hand choke. <laughs> Can't do that with mage hand. Mage hand inside the windpipe. It's no, mad. it doesn't. No, no. What do you do? I, I'm going to grab her by the wrist and let, you know, force her hand off of wherever she's, she's gripped onto me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give the, the, uh, it's the, uh, don't touch me back off you don't know who i am but i'm not interested okay fucking peasants and i will stare with my white on white eyes directly into her eyes give me an intimidation roll she also has completely white eyes because she's an asimar uh 15 okay she 
thinks better of it and goes finds somebody else to hawk her oracular abilities. I think she was a fraud. You think? Yeah. I mean, it's not not to speak ill of the city, but it's Sharn. It's a, it's the city of a thousand frauds. At this point, a completely different Asimar comes up to you, Zecharias, and says, "I could tell you all the secrets." No. Of how- oh, oh, damn it. And whatever guild you came from, tell them I will shocking grasp the next three people who approach me. Noted. And he wanders off. It looks like there's some other people that are going to go there. And he's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So eventually you guys get to middle Tavik's landing and, you know, inns, entertainment. This is what this, this area is known for. There is a particular inn that you are going to be meeting your contact at. And you make your way over there. Before we go there, I'm going to like, I know where we're going, right? Yes. Cool. I'm going to like go away a block, picking in on that block and see if I can barter room and board for a night's worth of you know, juggling and poetry reading and all at, that jazz. at the same inn or a different inn? No, no, no. Like, so inns on block A. Yeah. I'm going back to block B. Okay. Essentially, I want a different inn to get room and board. Okay. And you're going to run ahead and, and try to sort this out before yeah, yeah. he gets there. Once he started talking shit to the asthma, I was like, I better be safe about it. Uh, give me a per, uh, persuasion roll. Persuasion? Um, no, that's a class feature. I have it as oh, a class it is. feature. Oh, never mind then. So it's automatic? Yeah, I can find board and uh, any well, down event. There you go. So you, you explain your skills and your, you know, your ability to entertain and... Uh, some of your reputation does precede, precede you, and it helps you get lodging for the night. Booyah. As long as you are you perform in the tap room at uh, dusk. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome to the mid-roll. I'm Chad. I'm the dungeon master of this crazy circus here, and... You may or may not have noticed, but this is uh, our second campaign for the Chaotic Goodness podcast. We decided to go ahead and do Eberron, which is, you know, kind of not exactly like Dungeons and Dragons, but not not vanilla Dungeons and Dragons enough to where uh, maybe we can't find a niche. I don't know. I would like to welcome all of our listeners here. If you are joining us uh, for the first time. You know, this is a great time to jump in. Hope you like Dungeons and Dragons and, and Eberron. Uh, and if there are any listeners out there that were listening to our first campaign, the space opera, I just want to say welcome back. It's great to see, you know, some, some loyalty from some listeners. So I greatly appreciate it and hope that, you know, you enjoy this campaign just as much as you did the first one. And a quick announcement that I wanted to make is just so everybody knows out there, uh, the Cat of Goodness podcast is no longer affiliated with the Nerdsmith Podcasting Network. And if you're interested in seeing more of us, uh, such as, you know, social media links, blog, whatever uh, RSS feed, you can go to our website at chaoticgoodnesspodcast.com, get all of our information, 
uh, downloaded straight into your eyeballs. And if you like what you hear and you want to you know, help us out in some ways, uh, support us in whatever way you can, but we do have a Patreon page for the Chaotic Goodness podcast. So if you like what you hear, look us up and we'd appreciate a couple of dollars. You know, give what you can. I know times are tough for everybody, but if you do, that tells us that you really love what we do and you're willing to you know, give us a little bit of your time and some money. So we greatly appreciate it. And for those of you who are current patrons, thank you very much for sticking with us. We love you very much and we hope we do you proud. All right. Well, I think that's about it for me. I think I am going to, to sign off here. And if there's any other announcements that come up, I will just you know say it in another mid-roll. All right. I guess we will get on back to the show. And then when you're done, you go walking out, you see Zacharias and the rest of the crew walking into the irritated Badger Inn. Ooh, lovely. I've heard of this place. Oh, it's famous. And it's famous for its hospitality. You walk in and, you know, you guys have only been here a couple of times. Like you've just been here to get the job, but it's kind of quirky and all the drinks are okay. Food's pretty good. And as you walk in, there's a few patrons in here. It's still the middle of the day. People are working. You see a big oaken bar and behind the bar is like a, an anthropomorphic badger, <laughs> like a, you know, man-sized a badger? No. No. Badger man. And uh Badgerman? Man ban? A ba- no, that's weird. Unless it has two ends. Badgeroid? But, no. No what? No. Anyway, so badger. So the the this particular badger person is he's cleaning some uh pint glasses and stuff with a rag and, and you guys come walking in. Captain, you know who we need to meet, so what are we looking for? Um, uh, I'll uh, direct uh, Shenrik and Goblin Sean and Hutch to a table, and I'll go up to the bar to uh, the, the, the innkeeper, the barman, and I'll, I'll order ales, ale? Whatever's clever. So with uh, you order ales and everything for everybody, and he, the the badger guy he looks at you, looks a little exasperated. He's like, and he starts pouring drinks and stuff, and he's just kind of like grumbling and stuff to himself. And in the back, you hear a woman's voice saying, "Wade, be nice to the customers." And he like pours some ales and puts them down in front of you. He's like, puts his yeah, hand out. I'll pay. I mean, not like begrudgingly. I will gladly pay for services that have been rendered. Yeah, he takes your money, hey. but he's, you know. You're looking very well-groomed today. And I'll walk off. Uh-huh. Tell me about it. And so you go, you sit, you bring everyone ale. Mm-hmm. Badger ale. Grail. You've heard rumors about this stuff. <laughs> Not quite certain where it comes from or if it's real ale, but it's tasty. What gives it away is is the light honey aroma. I don't know if the Warforged will 
drink, but, no, I, was, he, but, no. but I bought I bought him a drink anyway. The the your the Hutch appreciates the fact that you are are you want to help him assimilate into the culture. So and he just stares at the drink. When when my mug is empty, I'll just swap mugs with. He's okay with that. Okay. Uh, so as you guys are, are drinking and waiting, uh, your contact walks in and uh, let's see, Steve, describe this contact to me. What does this person look like? And like what race kind of um, clothing? The Our contact is a gnome. A male gnome um, with uh, peeking out at three feet. Yeah, like he tries. He tries to to act taller than he is. He wears but lifts in his shoes. <laughs> but he's short, even for a gnome. But he's got um, like very like meticulously styled facial hair, like, like the perfectly pointed goatee and then the big curly mustache. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, you do that. Okay. So he, other than the, the, the very distinctive facial hair, he tends to dress, you know, muted browns and greens. Okay. So what, what do you know him as? What do you call him? We call him Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth. Mr. Bigglesworth? <laughs> That's the cat in Austin Powers. 20th Century Fox is real too heavy. What's Austin Powers? That's right. We can't do pop culture references anymore. Tenu. We call him Tenu. Tenu? Tenu. That sounds like a gnomish kind of name, right? Sure. Whatever. Fuck it. Let's run with it. Tenu. So, Mr. Tenu comes walking in. And he's not Mr. Tenu. Oh, Tenu. just Tenu. So Tenu L- comes. Like Madonna. Sure. So no last name. Say gender. Or no first name. Nobody really knows. It's just Tenyu. Okay. Could be a title. Right. Tenyu comes walking into the irritated badger and with his own entourage of people as well. Uh, and he sees this, he sees you all, and he goes, Oh, my friends. Tenyu. Good to see you again. I'm gonna like kind of like make the face that like, oh, this is out of my league and kind of get up out of the booth and melt into the crowd. Okay. So you're going to go hide somewhere. All right. We'll get to that in a minute. And so as he goes towards you, he motions to one of his men and he says, a sweet sherry, Wade. Wade's like, and then he pours him a drink in the bodyguard gets it for him and so he goes to, to sit down uh you know uses mage hand to pull the chair out that uh uh shenrick uh just not, recently not vacated. vacated i was gonna say violated for some reason <laughs> i mean <laughs> you don't know the chair you violated yeah it wouldn't be the chaotic goodness podcast <laughs> if uh without furniture getting violated that's right that's good to know okay uh so Right, so he pulls the chair out, and then he has one of his men pick him up and put him in the chair and scoot him back in, because, you know, he's light. And he crosses his legs and has his sherry in his hand, and he sips it a little bit and says, so I assume that you are here and alive. I wouldn't be here under any other circumstance. Okay, so do you have the item? I have it. It is is safe. 
right now. I did not, for obvious reasons, bring it with me. And what reasons would those be? Do you not trust me? That wounds me. It's not you. It's 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 the neighborhood. You know how the neighborhood is. Let's what, have are you a- racist against badgers. No. Let's let's have a drink or two. Yeah, let's talk. We are friends. Let's have drinks. Let's talk. Let's enjoy our each other's company, and then we can go back to my ship, and we will. And I will give you the. Uh, you can bring all of your men, and I will bring none of mine. In fact, all of everyone except for who you see with me is on shore leave. I'm sure they're enjoying the. Uh, or I have a better idea. Okay. How about we sit here and we drink and we talk, and you send somebody to get the item, and you'll get paid. Fine, if that's how you wish to to do this particular it, bit of it. It is. I don't go any lower in Sharn than Tavik's Landing. Fair enough, Hutch. You yes, know, Captain. You know the combination? Yes, it's eight, six. Yep. Four, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to say that out loud. Exactly. Okay, good to know. We'll get. Would we'll, have been nice to have known that before we met with the criminal. We, we've talked before. Yes. Okay. About a lot of things. So try to remember this particular one. Okay. We don't say the combination out loud. We only think it in our minds. He's just staring at you. And then he nods. Okay. Go to the ship. Good. Go to the ship. Go to my lockbox. Bring the only thing that's in there. Come right back. Do not stop to talk to anybody. Do not get sidetracked. Do not let anybody waylay you. So I should probably wild shape it so I can get it fast. If that's what would help. So he stands up, he nods to everybody, and walks out of the irritated badger, and then he quickly wild shapes. And then flies. Tell me it's a mechanical bird. It's a clockwork bird. Yes. 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 It it looks like a mechanical bird, but made out of like lacquered wood, and it's- Is it laser beak? Is it fucking laser beak, but in lacquered wood? What are lasers? It's a- Scorching ray beak? Yes. Sure, whatever. All right. So flies off as Hutch goes off to get the item from your safe. Tenu. Tenu Tenu is he's sipping at his sherry and he's not he's not as happy as he was when he came in. Looks a little impatient now. Tenu. And and I'm going to go into like just this elaborate just super you know done up like let me tell you about and just just bullshit him into being in a better mood so uh let's see what what skill would be good for that would that be persuasion that would or performance no no this would definitely be persuasion i'm trying to change his mood oh okay sure so 20 total he comes around and he's you know, not thinking it's so bad. He's actually somewhat mildly entertained by your story. Uh, Shenrik, you said that you were melding into the crowd. Yeah. You give me a stealth roll. Oh, okay. To blend in um, with that crowd. Um, cool. Yeah. So I get double proficiency and an additional D4 to that. Yeah. All right. So that's 12 
Um, my dexterity bonus added to that puts that at 15, uh, 19 with the double proficiency bonus and 22, 22. I am the win. Yeah. You're definitely blended in with the crowd and, and I guess you're watching yeah, the party. I'm keeping okay. eyes on the group over here to the right and the door over here to the left. Yeah. You're not nothing suspicious or anything okay. that, that concerns you was happening and eventually you hear uh hutch coming back to the door of the tavern and he comes walking in in his warforged form into the door and he's got the item in his hand in his big warforged hand and he walks up and he just puts it down on the table in front of you i brought the item thank you hutch yeah. Any further any further orders, Captain? No. Uh, no. Why are you rubbing your face like that, Captain? No. Is reason. this an organic thing? Yes. This do is, you have parasites, Captain? I do not have parasites. Because so I could turn into a woodpecker and take care of that for you. No. Okay. Just checking. It, it's you you did exactly as I asked you to, and I need to remember to be more explicit in the future. If you say so. Um, and he stands at attention. Just just, just sit. Relax. It's he okay. sits down on the floor. <laughs> Do you have a form that is super unobtrusive, like a mouse or something real small that can just be away? Uh, those forms are not very useful in combat, Captain. I d- are we in combat right now? No. Why would I transform? Why would why would I wild shape when we're not in combat? Well, you just did it to get to the hollow. Well, I was lake. completing a mission. Just just sit there and be quiet. Yes, Captain. And he stops talking. He's completely still. Out of the middle of the crowd, he hears, "I love you, Hutch." As promised, so delivered. So Tenu takes it and he looks at it. Shakes it a little bit, spins the crystal inside. Now oh, this is this is the item, and he he snaps his fingers, and the large half orc behind him pulls out a uh, bag of coins. Ten, you and I, and I'm addressing the half orc. I'm still seated, but I'm like I'm like this, looking up at him. I'm like you know, just arms super crossed. arms mm-hmm. crossed, super calm, and just like thank you. Tenu and I, Tenu and I will discuss how many of those are mine. You can go back to whatever you were doing. Then he stands there staring at you. Just like flip open the bag. I'll pull a couple coins. I was like, go get yourself a drink. He looks at Tenu. Tenu nods and he goes and gets a drink from Wade, the bartender. All right. And so Tenu's like, as promised, so delivered. The Zerlargo Zer government thanks you. And he hands it to another one of his men who secrets it away. Also, as promised, uh, I do have a lead on another job for you. One that uh, I guess might be more uh, beneficial for you and your crew. You can almost hear the air. So he says, so you... uh, see you should go a little bit higher in the city like upper tavix landing 
And you are going to meet somebody named someone, anyone? Uh, Tarve. Tarve. Okay. Tarve. And he, he does enjoy. Yeah. So you're going to meet him in the Silvergate district. And as you guys know, Silvergate is known for its uh, shopping that caters to the wealthy elite. It's a little higher up in the city and very fancy place. Oh, hey, look, sleight of hand. <laughs> Just sorry. What do you do? You going to steal from him? What? No, no okay. not from not from Tenu. Tenu okay. is our friend. Oh, at the Silvergate. Okay, right, and and so he's waiting for you at a restaurant called the Golden Dragon. Fun fact: that's a strip club downtown Portland. Well, good to know. We're is it really? It is actually. Huh. It's also the name of several Chinese restaurants. Oh yeah, as opposed to the eighteen, the minor, the minor clubs. Ah, it's a juice bar. They allow eighteen and older there. So ah, okay, that is useful information. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, dude, Jiggles used to be a thing. I I didn't know. I'm from from Washington, where you can't serve alcohol in a strip club. That's weird, and also not fun. Although I've heard in Texas, most strip clubs are BYOB. So. I need to go there. See, I'm from New Orleans where the strip clubs are extra depressing. Strip clubs are always depressing unless you're drunk or at Casa Diablo. Really? What is, yeah. what is it about Casa Diablo that makes the strip club not depressing? That's a discussion not for recording. Ah. All right. So the, the chaotic goodness podcast, you get educated about Portland strip clubs. Portland area strip clubs. Yeah, Portland has the best strip clubs in the nation. I'd no, say, it has uh, the highest number of strip clubs per capita. There's and a thus the likelihood difference. of having the best. And having been to multitudes across the world, mind you, because I've been in titty bars in Germany, titty bars in Italy. We thank you for your service, James. Portland still has the best. All right. So... Great. If we could move on. So golden dragon restaurant and said he will, and he looks at his, his watch and says, and he will be ready to meet with you in two hours. How far, how many hours till dusk? Uh, it's, it's noon. We met him. Call it an hour. Yeah. So probably about like five hours until dusk. Okay. Right. So, so he thanks you again. And he says his goodbyes because he's a very busy man. He has other things he has to do and he takes his leave. And the, the amount of money that you receive from the job is just enough to cover like restocking and docking fees in shard Uh, with a little bit extra for some other supplies, but you guys get to live for, you get to survive for another month, which is good. But this next job, you were told, could you know pay a little bit extra and really get your guys' name out there. Really start setting aside for the retirement fund is what we were saying. If you think you're going to live long enough to see retirement, sure. I like the optimism. Right. I myself am saving for a funeral. Sure. All right. So you guys have about two hours until you have to be at the Golden Dragon 
Uh, anything major planned, or can we just jump ahead to that? I'm going to run ahead, try to blend in with the locals, basically do a scout on the area. Okay. About the, the golden dragon. Yeah. Okay. I've got basically nothing planned. I might gamble a little bit, but. So you're going to order the stew then is what you're saying. No, like gamble with money, not with my life. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the casinos are definitely higher up. Well, I mean, there's, there's all, I mean, there's also gambling dens that are less well, reputable. I'm assuming there's somebody playing cards or dice or yeah. something right here where right we're here. at. Sure. I'm sure you can find. I mean, it's the irritated badger. They do everything. True. True. So if you wait around long enough, I'm sure you can find like a game of uh, three dragon ante or liar's dice. And you go ahead and you just game and do that. So you, uh, let's see, Shenrik, you are scouting ahead. Um, yeah, you get up here. It's, it's pretty fancy shopping district. There's a lot of wealthy looking people wearing wealthy looking clothes, doing wealthy people things. I'm going to, uh, dart into the nearest alley real quick. And, uh, Try to disguise myself to look like I belong with the the okay. wealth up here as opposed to a commoner. Okay. Uh, not, I don't want to stand out again. I'm not going to be like flamboyant over the top. Right. Rich, You're just going to blend in. Uh-huh. So how do you have like like different clothes? Do you have a disguise kit? I have a disguise kit, actually. You should, you should use that. Okay. So would that be a stealth roll then? Or how, does a, how do kits work? Uh, I've never you- actually had to use one, save for Thieves' Tools. Yeah, you need you need to roll a skill. With okay, that. so would that be stealth then or deception? Uh, that would be deception if okay. it's a disguise kit. So that's double proficiency on deception, mm-hmm. um, and I have proficiency in the disguise kit. So do I also add that to it then, or just just roll a d twenty and tell me what you got? Okay, uh, crit fail. I look like a beggar. You don't crit fail skills in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, so it's a one. What's your skill? Uh, I have proficiency in it and it's one of my double. So that'd be plus five. Yeah. So, so six, six total. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, you look different, not necessarily, you like know, new money versus old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that. So he was trying to not be conspicuously rich and it said he got exactly the opposite. More or less. Okay. Which perfect. And so let's see, Shinrick, when you, you use the disguise kit and everything, thinking like, I probably look wealthy enough, like clean and, and, and nice, like I belong here. You step out of the alleyway and step out onto the street and almost immediately this, this, uh, this halfling, this, the way that they're dressed, dressed in the uniforms of the mage rights of Sharn. So mage rights are people that or know one particular spell and do things to kind of do services around the city, like yeah. lights, lighting the street lights and stuff like that. So a mage right comes up to you, uh, this halfling and says, sir, sir, I'll shine your shoes for two gold galifars. You can't be seen with those dirty things up here. Do I have two gold galifars? Y- y- yes. It's- I'm going to give them to him. Yes, and- please. And he casts, uh, press the digitation on your shoes and cleans up all the mud and dirt off of them. You're a con man, sir. Go to your skill craft. He here's, here's a, here's a, Oh, thank you, sir. And he 
pockets it really quickly and he goes around offering his prestidigitation services to the other rich people here. All right, plan B. I have minor illusion as a cantrip. Can I use that to blend in? How many other people on the street like take him up on his prestidigitation? I mean, it's like not tons of it, but every now and then somebody needs, I need you to clean this or whatever, or brush my hair, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, so, so minor illusion, it's a static illusion. So yeah. it wouldn't move with you. Or unless, well, unless we knew what the description was, where's my phone? Yeah, I, I would just say that minor illusion is good for making small, like illusions of small objects, not necessarily clothing. If you're going to be moving around, it's okay. It's okay. It, it's okay. I wouldn't stress out too much about that. So you're going to case the area. Static. Okay, so you're going to stay up here until he yeah, arrives. Yeah, I just want to get a feel for the. Uh the restaurant that we're going to okay. lay out general population okay. in there. I want to basically understand who belongs there and who doesn't when we have our meat. So the gold dragon in, uh, in itself is, uh, it's basically, there's several gold dragon inns all across Corvair and they're all run by house Galanda, which is the halfling house. They have the mark of hospitality. Okay. These halflings, this dragon marked house is known for the best inns and restaurants in the world because right. it's because of their dragon mark. They have uh, lots of magical stuff related to that. There is no better place to take a rest than at one of the hundreds of gold dragon inns that the house operates. So gold dragon is just their houses in. That's it. You know, it's one of their houses. It's in. Like it's like a chain. Yeah, okay. it's a, a chain of inns. Uh, very famous. Uh, they're also fa they're found in you know high end fancy places. Also found in out of the way places where not many travelers could find other inns. Like they're just all over the place. And they have the you know if it's run by House Galandra, obviously that they they hold their inns to a very high standard for food safety and comfort. Uh, it, the gold dragon uh, for a certain price, uh, they you can have a dragon mar halfling, uh, prove that your food is not poisoned. For example, oh, can even oh. create a magical feast for your party if you so desire. So lots of fun things. Super fancy. Yes, absolutely. And so we'll just, yeah, we will say time passes. And you, uh, Zacharias, Zacharias, it's like vicarious Zacharias arrives with the rest of the crew. For some reason, Hutch is carrying Sean at this point, like under his arm. Zacharias just looks at you and says, don't, don't ask. I'm, I'm mildly hidden in the crowd. How did you see me? And you're dressed like new money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you Hutch does say you, you do look very different. I'm going to hang my head in shame and walk out of the restaurant. <laughs> Perhaps you should put your other clothing on. Because it is less embarrassing. And Hutch puts the, the goblin down. Okay. Is he still sleeping? No, not since Hutch dropped him. 
Now he's just a little upset. It's okay. It happens to everybody once or twice. We never have to go back there with you. Okay. That's just, that was really strong drinks. Next time I'll bring Dwarf Sean and you can... Whatever it is goblins do for fun. We're not going to go there. All right. So you go walking into the Gold Dragon Inn to meet your next potential employer. 